DM and chill. DM and chill. Shout out Freak Show. That does sound good though, yeah. Oh, I think they'll just love it. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Today we are talking Disney parks and alongside Sam and Brett we're also joined by Disney superfan Taylor. How are you doing Taylor? I am very excited to be here. I have worked at Walt Disney World and Disney Cruise Line so hopefully I can give some insight from my experience in the parks today. Brilliant and do you want to just let people know where they can find you if they want to find you on Instagram or somewhere like that? Yeah I am on Instagram at taylongbreak. Uh, my DMs are always open if you have questions um, or if you just want to chat Disney. I don't get to go as often as I did before because obviously COVID, but I still love talking about it and love anything Disney. So feel free to have a chat with me. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so let's kick off then. Let's, let's get right into it. Let's talk Ratatouille. So Ratatouille is a ride at Disneyland Paris and it's soon coming to Disney World. Taylor, have you ridden Ratatouille at Disneyland Paris and are you looking forward to it coming to Disney World? Yes, actually I was in Disneyland Paris last, well not last year, but 2019 uh, and I went on the Ratatouille ride I think two or three times because we just really loved it. So I'm excited for it to come here and be a little bit closer for me uh, because I do really enjoy that ride. How do you think it's going to be uh, received over at Disney World? Because um, it's probably the best ride at Disneyland Paris, I would say. Um, and and reading reading you know some tweets and things like that, people don't really seem to be that excited about it coming. But it is a really spectacular ride. So do you think it'll be well received? I think it will be once people start riding it. I think they've just got to give it a chance. One, it's kind of in a, a weird location, like kind of off to the side. Hopefully they'll make it a little bit more prominent because from what I've seen of the the construction walls, they're kind of out of the way. So hopefully they'll make it kind of easier for people to find. But I think maybe it's just weird because the film is a bit older and it doesn't really have that kind of cult following that a lot of films do. So I think that once it gets there, once people give it a chance, then they'll really like it. Sam, have you have you ridden Ratatouille at Disneyland Paris? Have you ridden it over there? Yeah, absolutely. No, um, I I got to do it when I was last in Paris, which was last year in January. So I finished on the ship with with, with Taylor. Um, we finished working. Well, I finished working in January, um, and then I went to Disneyland Paris uh, fairly soon afterwards, um, and I got to ride it. I think it's absolutely fantastic that obviously that trackless uh, dark ride system is incredible and the theming and the humongous fridge scene. I, I think it is good and it will do really well in Disney World. But I totally agree with Taylor with I think it's a bit of a difficult one because it's not such a well-known or beloved Disney classic or movie. So I think fans might find it a bit of a uh, a, a bit of a warmer upper. But I think once 
as Taylor said, people get on it. They appreciate the ride for what it is. They see how interactive and awesome it is. Then, then they'll enjoy it. But I think people need to not just think, oh, because it's a, a ride based in France and potentially elements of it could be in uh, in another language and such. You know, it, that's that doesn't take anything away from the ride experience itself. But I think people just need to be not quite as quick to judge um, and actually when it does open and they see it for what it is i think they'll i think they'll just love it what i was a bit surprised about is that they're not bringing Cher remy over to florida um i believe there's going to be some sort of crepe cafe or something like that um why do we think they've decided not to bring Cher remy over because they like steak over in the usa don't there's like we do over in europe so is there any reason behind that or is it just because there's not room you know something like that yeah, I mean, my, my personal opinion is I think initially with Paris, uh, the ride was built with the restaurant in mind, right? So the whole thing was was built with the with the idea that there was going to be this restaurant moment, a bit like, kind of like the Atlantic, Atlantis, not Atlantis, an Antarctica moment of uh, SeaWorld, you know, when you come through the end and you see the penguins kind of open up, it was almost kind of similar vein to that. And so... I think, yeah, the original ride was built with that in mind. Perhaps they don't have the space in Epcot, but also I think perhaps the food offering, the French food isn't, it's kind of hard to match. And especially with it being in Epcot and they've already got some fantastic uh, French bistros on offer, Um, you know, Chefs de France and um, Le Le, Le Chef or something. I come with the one up top, the more expensive one. There's Chef de France and there's a really expensive one up top. I mean, yeah, that, that's just my personal opinion, really. Is that space, really? Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I mean, like you say, there's, there's already a couple of restaurants already in, in the France Pavilion. Um, so it probably makes sense. Um, because I, I don't think... I'm just trying to think, is there anywhere in Epcot where I could buy a crepe? Can I buy one in France or not? I can't remember, to be honest. So at least we'll be bringing, uh, you know, taking crepes over to america brett have you have you seen seen anything about ratatouille is it something that you'd be looking forward to riding i have seen povs of the paris version and i i absolutely love the the oversized props and the sets and things uh however i i don't i wouldn't say it would be the thing that i'm most excited to go and see if i went to disneyland paris um i i don't know if that's because the film particularly wasn't my absolute favorite um or whether it was you know just just something that that didn't really click with me and i'm wondering is that going to be an issue over in the states um but it's it's being built in in the french epcot section right yeah, so it's going to be in, in the France Pavilion. They've had to extend the pavilion to put the ride in. But yeah, that's where it's going. Just where International Gateway is at, at the back of the park. I, I think if you were to put a new trackless dark ride in the French Pavilion at Epcot, it could only be this ride. I do think it's going to fit in really well with the area. And I, I think it will instantly open up and just be... You know, just part of the park that, you know, you casually go there, you enjoy the ride. I don't think it's going to be this huge, wow, everyone needs to ride it instantly. Incredible. You know, the kind of massive queues we saw for uh, Star Wars and and the Avatar kind of sections of the other parks. But 
I, I think that it's going to be a really enjoyable ride. It's going to fit in amazing. And it's also a great ride for, for kids as well. My only concern about it is that um, when when you go to Disneyland Paris and you go to the the France area, <laughs> even though you're in France, which is a little bit weird, um, they are playing the music from Ratatouille, so you get that kind of instant atmosphere. So I wonder whether they're going to be playing that music and you're going to get that ambiance in the pavilion, or whether it's going to be the usual sights and sounds of the pavilion um, and the ride is just there. Um, because I think the... The Ratatouille music as you're approaching the ride really kind of builds the anticipation as you're approaching it. So I don't know what anyone else thinks about that. I think the actual section in Epcot has already opened, isn't it? The actual area that the ride is in and and the certain shops and stuff around it, I think, are already open. Uh, what I think Disney do incredibly, um, I've seen shots of the uh, the Eiffel Tower kind of in, in, its, in its force perspective, you know, how, how Disney do so well. Uh, they they do bringing you into another world really well. So I I, I don't doubt that that Disney are going to nail that in Epcot as they have at Disneyland Paris, even doing a France section in France. But yeah, I I don't doubt for a second that this is going to be as immersive of a whole area. And I I I wonder actually, are we going to start seeing more? of the sort of stuff they did with the Star Wars area because that went to another level immersion. It got to the point that, you know, you, they weren't even selling Star Wars memorabilia with the the, the Star Wars logo on it because they, they wanted you to feel like you were genuinely in that world. I wonder if they've learned from that and maybe they'll, they'll pass on some of those techniques into these new areas they're building in other parts. One thing I think we could potentially see is so if you guys remember back in 2016 um when they redid uh the well they opened up frozen ever after right um which is like the boat ride so they they the was it maelstrom was the uh, original viking style boat ride that was in uh the norway pavilion right and then they did frozen ever after and i can tell you what that summer of 2016 it was my it was my that was the summer i did my program and that line consistently was five hours long, between four to five hours long, every single waking moment of every day. And and I know that's due to the popularity of the film, but are we going to see a similar situation with Ratatouille being, being this new e-ticket, trackless dark ride attraction? Is that then going to mean that we're going to have four or five hour lines for the French Pavilion, or is the movie so kind of underrated and not necessarily a fan favorite that we're then we're not going to see the same? Well, I was there for the opening as well. I actually worked at the Pavilion on that opening day, so I can attest to all of that being absolutely crazy. Um, see, I don't think that it's going to be that insane because Frozen is just. A, a different beast entirely when it comes to Disney films. You know, there's so much merchandise and and so many kids, but also adults that just love Frozen. Um, whereas I don't think that Ratatouille has that, but I do want to say that maybe the Ratatouille TikTok musical might bring some more fans over to the Ratatouille ride. I don't know if they care past the TikTok songs, but, you know, maybe that might get them to go just so they can hear their TikTok songs or, you know, at least the background track. I don't know. Maybe 
Disney did try, I think they posted something on their TikTok to try and get people to attach the Ratatouille musical to the opening of the ride. They like invited the girl who started it to get a sneak peek of the ride. So I think maybe if they try and push that a little bit more, maybe they'll get people more excited for it. You must be far cooler than me. And I don't know if I'm the only one sat here in this conversation wondering, what is the TikTok Ratatouille musical? You don't know what it is? You're joking. No. You've not seen that? I've not, no. Oh, Brett. Can, Go on, can Taylor, some, t- take someone it elaborate? Yeah. Even I've heard about it, Brett. Come on. Wow, I, I feel way out now, if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know really how to explain it. I'm not uh, an expert in the TikTok uh, scene, but basically just a bunch of people started making musical theater songs based on scenes from Ratatouille, and then it basically blew up and they made a fundraiser for actors um, and they actually put on the musical with like Adam Lambert in it and a couple of other big names from Broadway and also TV. So they got a lot of people that watched it um, and they had to pay to watch it. So they raised a lot of money. Um, I don't know how it started or how things like that take off, but it, it definitely had a, a big following on the Internet. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I haven't heard of it if it's got such big names in it. While we're on the subject of Epcot, Taylor, what's happening with the Mary Poppins attraction? So at the last D23, they announced it. They had Dick Van Dyke there. They had a little bit of a show, a bit of a Cockney show going on there. Um, however, it seems to have now quietly uh, gone off the radar. So do you know what's happening with the proposed Mary Poppins ride for the UK Pavilion? Well, now I'm going to pull a Brett because I have no idea what that is. I just had to Google it, and I I didn't hear about that. So uh, I'm going to have to give that to one of you instead. Between all of us, we know at least two things. This is going really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, so yes, that did unfortunately get cancelled. Um, I think that was due to one of the projects that when COVID hit, obviously did, did Disney made some uh, some step backwards and they kind of took away, put some things on the back burner uh, due to you know finances and operations and things not being 100% uh, with the state of the world at the moment. Um, I think that that could come back in the future and I think they will probably continue to work on it. I'm sure with the plans being far far enough in, in advance and far enough along the way uh, that they'll continue it because they wouldn't have announced it formally and done this opening, as you say, with all these, uh, these names behind it, like Dick Van Dyke and um, done a big uh, elaborate show opening and announcement um, if they weren't, you know, serious about it and there weren't some solid plans in the works. So I think it will still go ahead, but I think it just could potentially be delayed by a solid, you know, sort of four or five years or until everything kind of gets back to normal and and they get more kind of footfall back in and everything's back up and running. But it looks like a really, really cool attraction, that's for sure. Yeah, because it's funny because um, just casually reading and seeing what people say, the UK Pavilion seems to be one of the people's favorite pavilions over at epcot but it doesn't have an attraction it's got the rose and crown it's got a shop where you can buy a crunchy bar for about 10 pound 50 or something but it doesn't have its own attraction and um i don't think it was really very clear whether 
the attraction was going to be an actual ride or just a walkthrough. Uh, I don't think we ever got that far, but it's a real shame because I love Mary Poppins and obviously I'd love Epcot to get more rides um, if it is a ride. Um, so yeah, let's hope it comes back. Um, what about the uh, Moana um, water feature that was meant to come into Epcot? Is that still happening or has that been cancelled as well? I've not seen mention of that recently. Yeah, so that that unfortunately also was another project that got announced that it was um, not going ahead. I think, um, don't quote me, but I'm almost sort of 70% sure that that got finally cancelled actually. So that wasn't just put on the back burner, I believe, because they were going to open it um, and they were saying it was still going to go ahead and then suddenly it got completely pulled. So I don't think that's going to be coming back i think we will see moana being introduced into other things like there was rumors that they were going to turn uh, typhoon lagoon eventually into a moana star water park so the mountain with um oh what is the boat called at the top of typhoon lagoon this is classic disney trivia and i can't remember what it's called well while you're looking that up um i'm pretty sure the the poly is getting a moana retheme. i'm not sure if I've, I've imagined that is that that happening yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I can't remember the name of the boat, but I also think the mountain that's in Typhoon Lagoon is going to get rethemed to um, the mountain in the movie. Again, I can't remember her name. Uh, it's ridiculous. Do you know, I spent a year watching Disney movies on repeat every single day for about t- 10 to 12 hours watching Disney movies as my job, as a part of my job. Well, technically, I shouldn't have actually been watching them anyway. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, and I can't tell you the name of what the mountain was called. Miss Tilly? Miss Tilly? Mount Tilly? Well, Montanui is the name of the island, but the, the big mountain thing is uh, Tefiti, the big like lava monster that turns into the... Tefiti, that was it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah the Tefiti. heart of Tefiti. She had to restore the heart of Tefiti. Uh, Come on, Sam. I know, sorry. That was, uh, do you know, that was even a part of one of the shows that we did on Castaway Key. We'd always... We'd always uh, wake up in the morning very early and do the Moana Sandcastle building competition. And um, it was always like an 8 a.m. start. And you would talk about the heart of Tafiti and everything. That's shocking. Gosh, I tell you, it's only been a year and a bit. Um, yeah, sorry. So I think they're looking at creating Typhoon Lagoon and, and creating the mountain, mountain of, Mount of Tafiti there. Thanks, Taylor, for that. Gosh, I really need to, like, check myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's a lot to do, so if you can get over here and save up and get the tickets, then it's definitely worth it. Well, while we're on, um, you know, we've talked about a few cuts there. Uh, the big question is, does Disney World still offer value for money? If you're looking to visit Disney World from the UK, you're probably going to be spending at least, you know, seven to ten grand if, if you have a family. Do you think people are still going to pay that money uh, when we can eventually travel out to the USA again? I think personally it depends on how much of a Disney fan you are and how much, you know, if, if that to some people there isn't any amount of money you'd spend in the world to get the happiness that you receive at, at Disney World. And, you know, I'm personally, I'm very much in that camp. I, I don't really care how much I have to spend because at the end of the day, nothing out there can replace even closely to what, Disney World does and nothing can match it truthfully um which is why they know that no matter 
how much they charge or what they do, they'll always get the crowds because they create nostalgia. They create the idea of nostalgia through a lot of their marketing as well. They kind of create this idea of forced nostalgia as well, which is another really cool marketing technique that they do, um, that, that the company does in, in the best way possible, um, where... You know, they, they, they want families and, and, and couples and, and millennials and all kinds, childless millennials as well, to, you know, come and, and, and experience the magic. And truthfully, nothing else can replace that. So I just think it depends on how much, you know, the, the parks mean to you and, and what you get out of them, you know. It is money really and really depends on what you put first, money or happiness. And if there's no amount of money that you would spend to feel, you know, the feelings that you feel at Disney World. I am someone who really wants to go to Disney World. Uh, and if I went to Disney World, I would want to go the whole hog. I'd want to stay on site. Um, you know, really get that full rounded Disney World experience. But it is expensive. And that's the only reason I've still not gone. I'm 28 years old. I, I, I've not been to Disney World. And feasibly, especially when it comes to staying on site... I don't see any kind of opportunity for me to do so, you know, being just a, a guy who lives with his girlfriend, you know. I, I don't think that, that I could really go all out on Disney World. I think if I was to go to Florida at all, it would be a week to two weeks and I would do Disney World for a day or two. Um, and I wouldn't stay on site because I just couldn't afford it. I, I, I've looked it up. It is really expensive. I, I completely agree that, you know, uh, money isn't everything, but it is, it's, it's quite a bit. <laughs> well, it's hard because I'm already here. So for me, um, you know, it's always just been easy to go to both Disneyland and Disney World. But I think that for people who want to come here, Orlando is amazing because it has so much to offer. So even if you don't stay on site, if you stay off property and stay maybe somewhere in between Universal and Disney, you can get both of those done. Obviously, the tickets are still going to be expensive, but if you save up and you really want to go, you know, spend the money on the flights, but then get here and stay like two, three weeks and just get everything done. Um, I think that's one of the great things about Orlando is that there is just something for everyone. So, you know, if you've got people who like more of the superheroes and the big thrill rides, then go over to Universal and then take the little ones over to Disney or do the drinking around the world. Like there's there's a lot to do. So if you can get over here and save up and get the tickets, then it's definitely worth it. Do you think, Taylor, that if someone is thinking about going over to Florida, do you think they should save up the extra year or so to stay on site? Or do you think they should just go, you know, and stay on International Drive and, and get a cheap hotel and, and just try and, you know, get around in taxis or something? What do you what do you think someone should should do, do you think, in that situation? I think that they've just got to weigh it out. Kind of like Sam was saying, you know, what's more important, the, the happiness or, or the cost. I think that if you are a big Disney fan or, um, you know, you really like being fully immersed in everything, then save that extra money and stay on site because those Disney hotels are really magical and they have so many different, you know, themed rooms and things like that. So you can get really into it. Um, especially if you have, you know, kids who really like cars, you know, you can stay in a cars themed room and, and just really be in Disney that whole time. But if you just want to come and ride the rides and see everything, I don't think that it's that 
important to stay on property. You know, there's a lot of nice hotels that are way cheaper than the Disney ones, um, but it'll still get you a good night's sleep and you'll be ready to go the next day. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to just just add to to that. You know, it, it's amazing to me the the variation of what's on offer in Orlando, and that you can literally tailor your Orlando Brumbat holiday to um, your budget. So on iDrive, there are countless hotels that are you know more of a of a value and as taylor said we'll get you a great night's sleep that can be placed right near the other various theme parks and attractions in orlando you know the universal right there sea world's right there the attractions on i drive is all there um and you can quite happily and quite easily you know be based there and, and go out on ubers and do day trips and such to the different parks that you want to the only thing is is that if you are looking you know, like Taylor said, for the the ease and um, efficiency and convenience of being just next to the Disney parks and having all the transportation and not worrying. If your sole focus is Disney, then perhaps that would make it worth it for you to to pay the extra money and stay there. Ryan, you've you've stayed on both iDrive and I believe on property. Um, what what what's your hot take on this? I think it depends what what's in, important to you. Um, you know, I think it's super convenient to stay on property, but I think if you're just looking for a holiday in Orlando and your focus isn't Disney, then I think staying on iDrive or getting a, a villa is, is probably a good option, I think. Also, I don't think a lot of people realise, but it's not really a binary choice, Um you don't have to stay on iDrive or stay on property. There are there are hotels which are technically within the bounds of Disney World, but they're not classed as on-site properties, and, and they're a little bit cheaper. And usually you get very similar perks if you're staying in, in, in the parks as well. So there's a few different hotels. So I'd really just kind of sum up you know what's out there and, and it just depends on on your budget there's obviously the swan and dolphin as well which are on disney property but not owned by disney i think there's an assumption that they are owned by disney but they're not and what you'll find is that those hotels offer a very different experience to what the the disney world hotels do um especially if you go as a couple um and you want to stay in a really nice hotel but maybe you know you don't really want to be surrounded by kids i guess then you know those on-site, off-site hotels are potentially a particularly good choice, I think. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you would just Google Disney Springs resorts or like Disney Springs hotels, there's an entire website uh, that offer the kind of partner hotels um, where you do get the same perks, but you're not technically on property. You're at like a, there's like various ones that like Hilton and uh, um the Marriott and stuff like that, like that are really close to Disney Springs and uh, offer the hotels, offer transportations. I think even the Hilton even has a lazy river that goes around it and it looks really lovely. Um, but they are at a slightly cheaper price. Um, if you're looking for a kind of in between kind of being on iDrive and staying on full fledged property, Disney hotels, it's a good balance. Definitely checking out one of the partner hotels for sure. But Disney Springs hotels or Disney Springs resorts, I think, is the website you want to check out for those. Yeah, um, one of the most controversial cuts that have, have come recently 
has been the the ending of the Magical Express. Now, to me, uh, as someone who is less inclined to rent a car over there, um, the Magical Express is is, is essential to me. Um, so I'm really surprised that they're cutting it. And I know that there is potential that there's going to be a train line uh, between the the airport and Disney Springs, but even then you're going to have to get to Disney Springs and you're going to have to get on a bus and you know it's it's quite a big area is Disney World is basically its own city so it's still going to take you a bit of time to get to your resort is it possible that that Disney World have, have gone a bit too far by cutting the the magical express do we think yeah i do think that I, when i've watched videos of uh you know dfb guide and 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 all those really amazing videos that i i endlessly watch on youtube whilst doing housework i always imagine myself getting on on the on the bus going straight to the parks going straight to the hotels stuff like that I, so i think the fact that i now know that it, it isn't there i immediately think oh do i just get a taxi it, it i don't know what it is it feels like uh, i was going back to it earlier I, I was saying how i would love that whole experience and to me i think that is actually a little part of that you know being on a disney bus from your flight to your hotel and then you have the parts you're just surrounded in that that disney bubble from the time that you touch down in florida i i think would mean a lot to quite a lot of people. There are other ways of getting there, obviously. I don't think it's going to affect that many people, and I don't know how many people would be bothered by it. But I, I think I would, I would definitely miss it, because I think I always imagined myself probably getting on that bus if I ever went there. Yeah, I mean, I think for for UK guests, I think um, an awful lot of people stay in villas. I'd like to see the percentage. I'd imagine at least half that go probably stay in villas, from what I can see. And so a lot of those people will uh, rent a car and some people take the opportunity to, uh, you know, rent out a muscle car, you know, something like that. So that's quite fun. But yeah, I I, I agree that I I think it will be sorely missed and I think it's all part of the magic. I think getting off your plane, getting greeted by, they're not cast members either, but the Mia staff, you know, know, representing Disney, I guess. Uh, But still, you know, it's... uh, it's a bus with the Disney livery on and it's all part of the magic. So I think it's going to be a, a real shame to see that go uh, next year. Okay, so uh, before we start to wrap up then, um, Taylor, I, I understand that you've been to most of the Disney parks now. You've just not been to Hong Kong. There'll be a lot of people in the UK now thinking about over the next few years, am I going to go to Disney World or maybe even perhaps go to Disneyland Paris. Now I get I get in a bit of trouble from some people because I prefer Disneyland Park in Paris to the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. I just find that overall uh the look and feel of the park and the attractions are are better at Paris. From your experience, what what do you enjoy most at Disneyland Paris as compared to your experiences at at Disney World? Well, I also grew up in California. So Disneyland Park with that little tiny castle, that was what I was used to. So coming to Walt Disney World and seeing everything just 10 times the size kind of overwhelmed me a bit. And I still personally like Disneyland in California over Magic Kingdom here. But I think Disneyland Paris is kind of a good combination of the two because for me Disneyland Paris had that kind of 
classic vibe that Disneyland in California does, but it still is grand. And, and the rides were amazing. Like the um, Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris, that was crazy. So I, I would go back there in a heartbeat over Magic Kingdom here. Um, but maybe that's just because I'm so used to Magic Kingdom here. I think that people should, you know, if they are big Disney fans, you know, go experience all the parks if you can. Um, but I would take a trip to Disneyland Paris over a trip to Magic Kingdom here for sure. How did you find the uh, the food offering at Disneyland Paris? Because um, last time I was in Paris, I, I, there were quite a few people um who I think had been to Disney World and they were kind of complaining a little bit about the food. Uh, but personally, I've always really enjoyed the food over at Disneyland Paris. Have you, have you seen any any major differences between the two? I think the only confusion that I had in Disneyland Paris was that some of the restaurants were closed. Um, so I remember when my boyfriend and I were trying to go to dinner, the restaurants were kind of seasonal, but it wasn't really clear on the map which ones were open. And then the ones that were open had these ridiculously long lines. So I don't know if we just happened to catch it at a really busy time, but um, we definitely struggled when it came to food. Um, but we also brought our own snacks and stuff into the park. So we didn't really experience that much of the food, except when it came to the struggle at dinner. Yeah, I mean, in my experience, if you're going to eat in the park, you need to book in advance. And, and I'd recommend eating at, at lunchtime or just after lunchtime. So whether you're going to go to Cher Remy or to Captain Jack's. Um, if you're going to eat on an evening, I think you need to go into Disney Village. And for me, the, the trick is that if you've already seen the fireworks, then head out to the village just before the fireworks finishes uh, because you're guaranteed to get into one of the restaurants straight away uh, before all the crowds. You'll get ordered and you'll get your food before everyone else comes in. So if you do go again, that's uh, a bit of a top tip for you there. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that advice uh, last year. So <laughs> that is a good tip, you know, right? That is very good. I never thought about doing that. I think I, I don't know. I'm always such a a, a fireworks boy. So I th- I can't I can't ever fathom the idea of um, if fireworks are on, just stopping in stopping and watching them. But actually, that is such a great idea, especially in places like Rainforest Cafe. There always have a humongous line. So I I'm going to do that as well. Um, but I want to just quickly put my two cents in about food. Oh my gosh. So, okay. I have uh, also struggle at uh, Disneyland Paris because I find sometimes when I go to a theme park, and I don't know if this is because I'm quite sort of spoiled with um, having spent some time in the American parks, but I want kind of typical theme park food when I go there. And I find a lot of the time that the French offerings for food, because their palate and the European palate in general is, no offence Taylor, is quite advanced. Um, I find the, the food to be sort of overly fancy, more so than it needs to be. Um, so a lot of the time, it's it's kind of hard to just sort out a good cheeseburger. Or like, in fact, there's only, I think, a few places that even do like cheeseburgers you know what I mean and a lot of the time I just want cheeseburgers and fries and quick service um and then occasionally when you go to restaurants sit down restaurants like you go to uh, Captain Jack's or Waltz or something like that I've often found the food to be actually great but just quite a bit too advanced in terms of palate and taste buds and things that's because Sam what you want is a restaurant that sells just burgers that's what you're actually looking for and you can find that at the Alton Towers Resort the roller coaster restaurant Coming to you, so, yeah. It's, um... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Bloomingdale. <laughs> so, just to give us some context, Taylor, there's a uh, a restaurant at Alton Towers where 
all the food gets brought to you on a kind of roller coaster system. It's really cool. But what? during lunch, during the lunchtime service, Ryan is convinced that all they sell is burgers. Now they do not. They do a very nice curry there as well. But um, <laughs> but your food. It's quite funny. You'll be sitting at the table. You order your food, and it will just come down and do like a loop to loop above your above your seat, and then we'll scroll down. I was. I'm. I, I, next time you come to come to England and theme parks are open, we'll, we'll definitely take you to Alton Towers because yeah, I think you'd love it. Yes, please. I'm actually amazed that the the food loop and roller coaster restaurant concept hasn't made it to America Park. No, I would love that. We've got like conveyor belts and stuff for fancy sushi places, but no roller coasters. I think it depends on on the part. I think if you go to like a Six Flags or something like that, from what I understand, the the food is very basic. So, you know, you you are just talking like hot dogs, burgers, and you know, chicken burgers and things like that. Um, Probably Orlando has parts with a bit more an advanced menu, I'd say. Um, can I also I'll... just say, oh, sorry, Ryan, can I also just say one more thing? I, I'm going to say it anyway, regardless if you give them vision or not. <laughs> I really, I really, really, really want Mickey Premium Bars to come over to Disneyland Paris because yeah, I can't definitely. tell you <laughs> that is the most frustrating thing. Every time I go to Disney World, I'm like, yeah. I'm a personally I'm an ice cream sandwich boy, um, but I do love a premium bar. But you can't even get the ice cream sandwich or the premium bar in Paris. They don't sell them, and it is the most frustrating thing. I don't know why, but that needs to come over to Paris ASAP. But Paris, Paris is catching up with some of the snacks now. So when we went last Christmas, well, the Christmas before now, they had they did this kind of uh, white chocolate mousse that had like mini ears on. And they did this kind of orange hot chocolate, which had like Mickey Mouse ears on and had cream on and stuff. So Disneyland Paris, are, I think they're starting to bring out the snacks a little bit now. But yeah, I'd agree with you that it's not easy to find a burger. I'm just kind of racking my brain where you could find a burger. Um, definitely in the Disney Village. Uh, definitely a few. I mean, there's Annette's, obviously, um, that you can go to in the village, which is probably... One of the best places to find a burger, one of the best value at least. Um, I, they may sell a burger at Shea Remy's, maybe. But I mean, if you're going to go to Shea Remy's, then you have to buy the steak, aren't you, really? I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? It's. Uh, um, I think the only place you can get a burger, yeah, what are you doing? Tell you what, uh, in Shea Remy and you're, order, and you're not ordering the steak, my goodness. Um, I think the only place you can mainly get burgers from my memory is uh, the Hyperion Cafe um in discovering land and i'm trying to think anywhere else i think they do a burger in the don't they do a burger like a chicken burger or maybe a veggie burger or something in the uh, kuna matata quick serve yeah and you, you can definitely get a burger in studio one as well over at walt disney studios um so that's always an option as well People are like, oh, I think I'll have the burger today. Get me that wicker stack. Oh, go and shove it in my mouth. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Malaysian cavalry. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Bellissimo. Bellissimo. Do we think that at Disneyland Paris that we're going to start to see, with the expansion of Walt Disney Studios, that we're going to see some of the rides that are around the world, other Disney parks come to Disneyland Paris? So I'm thinking about are we going to see a Beauty and the Beast ride, you know, like we've seen over in Asia. Um, 
Are we going to see Frozen Ever After come to Disneyland Paris? Or do we think Disneyland Paris are going to have completely brand new rides that are going to be new to the to the Disneyverse? What, what do we think? I'll jump in here and I don't believe that Disney are going to ever build a ride that is completely unique ever again. They seem to have now carbon copied pretty much every ride they've built. And if they have developed a new ride somewhere, it's then been built in the other three, four parts. I know obviously that's due to consistency. It's due to, you know, I assume it's probably a lot easier in terms of, you know, planning in, in, in copy and pasting a lot of it. Here's my prediction with the, with the studio's expansion. Um, this is what I, this is generally just what I think we'll see. I think for the frozen area, I think we're going to see the, um, I can't remember if it's in, I think it is in Hong Kong. They've got a, uh, Oaken's trading post coaster there, which is basically, um, seven dwarfs or a frozen themed overlay of seven dwarfs so i think we'll probably see that maybe um as the kind of e-ticket in the frozen section the star wars section i think we will get smugglers run i don't think uh we'll be getting a rise of resistance unfortunately um and i can't remember the other was it marvel was the final one i think that will be unique but and we'll get similar to what california's got um but I think it'll be interesting. Actually, Taylor, what is your hot take on, on the Marvel Avengers campus? Well, I was very excited to see it, but then, you know, COVID just threw a whole wrench in that. Um, I love Marvel and have loved what they've done so far. Um, I was a big fan of Tower of Terror and was terrified that they were going to ruin it. But um, I absolutely love the Guardians of the Galaxy changes that they made so if i'm basing what they're going to do in the future on that then i think it's going to be great yeah luckily at paris so it looks like they're not going to get rid of the hollywood uh tower of terror just yet because my prediction is that um at walt disney studio they're going to have like a, a central boulevard that goes to like a lake at, at the end of the park i think what they're going to do is turn that into like a kind of hollywood kind of boulevard a bit like what you see over at Hollywood Studios, um, I'd say. I'd agree with you, Sam, about the the coaster, but from looking at the plans, I kind of get the impression that there's going to be a bit of a, um, a water ride, you know, something a bit like um, Splash Mountain, maybe a little bit smaller, but like a Frozen-themed kind of Splash Mountain, or perhaps uh, a version of Frozen Ever After that's built from the ground up that isn't basically Maelstrom, that maybe has a, a larger a drop at the end that maybe comes outside a little bit. So looking at um, the plans also for the Toy Story area, um, it looked like they were originally planned to bring over Swirling Saucers, but that seems to have now disappe disappeared from the plans, unfortunately, which is a bit disappointing. And then looking at the Galaxy's Edge area, um, I think you're right. It looks like we're, we're going to have the Millennium Falcon and, and the market. The, the, on the plans, there doesn't seem to be a Rise of the Resistance show building on there, <laughs> which is a little bit disappointing. But, I mean, you know, it's only a rough um, artist impression. The one thing that I'm really excited about for the Avengers campus is the Pym restaurant. Um, so that's the... So Pym is, is obviously from Ant-Man. And so you're going to get some really large foods you know small food that's really large and, and large food that's really small so you're potentially going to be able to get you know just a burger that's going to be <laughs> the size of your head 
and maybe you'll get like a, a side of fries that are like you know tiny little little matchsticks or something like that so you know that's something that i'm really excited about seeing i think that'll be really fun at disneyland paris oh do you know you get, that's that's oh so, sorry go on brett go sorry, on go. it's fine it, it wasn't really worth me interrupting but i said if you do get just a burger turns out you didn't go to disneyland at all you were just at alton towers <laughs> I uh, I actually never knew about that restaurant, Ryan. That sounds amazing. Oh, that sounds so cool. I think that whole Avengers overlay is going to be great. I think, yes, I'm sad to see, don't get me wrong, I'm sad to see Rock and Roller Coaster going away. But I think actually a trend is that they Disney tests out these ideas at international parks and then brings them obviously to the two main parks in America. Um, and I think that's, that's a wicked thing. And so I think it's going to be so exciting to see the uh, the overlay on the Rock and Roller Coaster. But the Spider-Man attraction is going to be incredible. Because thinking about it, um, apart from Buzz Lightyear, which, okay, that's a, that's a, a shooter that we've got at um, in Disneyland, uh, in the Disneyland Park. I think this is going to be a whole new variation on uh, an interactive dark ride, which and, and they're always so popular. Almost every single park has got some sort of interactive dark ride. And um, and I think this is going to be no exception. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, everyone loves Spider-Man. Uh, we saw uh, Tom Holland uh, doing some shooting some footage for it, you know. Um, so it's great that he's going to be interwoven with the attraction. But yeah, I, I can't wait for the for the uh, the Marvel Avengers and for that and for the studio park to finally get the kind of attention to detail that it deserves rather than just always kind of being on the back burner because I sometimes feel that that's what it is. Um, and so it's so nice that it's finally getting some proper uh, investment, which is going to be fantastic for the park. The one thing that is a bit of a mystery uh, for the Marvel area over at Paris is... Um, I think it's pretty much been confirmed that we're gonna we're gonna see the end of uh, Motors action, and instead there's gonna be potentially some sort of Avengers show, but not a lot has been spoken about that. Um, also, it looks like there's gonna be um, like a, an Avengers ride, and and I've not seen a lot about that as well. But from what I saw, I think there's been a, a ride system that that was kind of leaked and. From what I see, it's going to be kind of like a similar experience to what you would have uh, on the ride that's within the castle over at Harry, the Wizarding World. Uh, what's that called? Um, uh, the Roboram. Um, <laughs> Forbidden Journey. Harry Potter's Forbidden Journey. Yeah, so I understand it's going to be something like that, um, where you're potentially on robot arms and... Um, you kind of feel like you're by yourself and you, you've kind of got like a bit of a jet pack on and you're kind of flying around. It sounds like it's going to be a bit of a weird kind of mashup between that Forbidden Journey and a bit like uh, Soaring uh, over at Epcot. So um, that's going to be interesting, but it's, it's all a bit of a mystery at the moment. And when I went over to Disneyland Paris a year ago, they were really cracking on with the building work, but I've not seen it recently. So I'm hoping that by the time we go back, um, that the Marvel area should be pretty much open. I'm hoping. It's quite interesting. You you mentioned Soarin' there. Um, and one thing that I never knew about the uh, flying theatre system is that they can actually be quite... Um, thrilling like you can actually turn a flying theater into a thrill ride because they can actually they have the capability of really kind of throwing you around quite a bit and it becoming quite a thrilling ride um and 
I think a lot of people, you know, we look at Soren as a benchmark of a flying theatre. Um, but what's interesting is over in Abu Dhabi, uh, they've got um, the Warner Brothers world there and they've got the Green Lantern ride, which is a flying theatre. But apparently that, uh, what, what, what they did to make that different is actually made it quite a thrilling flying theatre experience where it like dips and swoops quite quite dramatically and moves from side to side. And people have almost said it's less of like the flying theatre that you know from Soarin' where it's like a gentle, relaxing, exciting, like uh, calming and, and uh, emotional ride, but more of like a, almost a flying theatre thrill ride. And so I'm wondering, um, j- just like you mentioned there, Ryan, you know, is this uh, Avengers uh, uh, robot arm attraction going to be a mixture of a more thrilling flying theatre experience almost and... Uh, with the kind of animatronics and special effects that you can find on on other robot arm rides. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's going to be a family ride, um, but from what I read, it is going to be you know quite a thrilling ride at the same time. It's probably it's probably going to be for families, maybe young teenagers, maybe even a little bit younger. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be kind of thrilling from what I understand, but it won't be you know too intense. I don't think so. You don't need to worry about it from that perspective. Um, so just as we start to finish then, um, Taylor, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to uh, share with us before we finish up? Well, I definitely want to go back to Disneyland Paris once all this stuff ends. Or I definitely want to go back to Disneyland Paris once they get all this stuff up and running. I definitely noticed that Studios Park was a little bit uh, lacking. Um, we came into a lot of roadblocks. There were so many construction walls when we were there in July of 2019. Um, and it just kind of felt like it, it needed some TLC. So based on what you guys are talking about, there's going to be a lot of great things there. So I guess I'll have to make my way back out there. Um, and I think that's one of the things that is great about Disney is that they are constantly evolving. So even if you've been to you know, Shanghai Disney or you've been to Tokyo, there's always going to be something new. So they're going to keep taking my money for the the next foreseeable future. When you do come over to uh, to Paris next, you need to make your way across the water and and come and try some burgers at Alton Towers. Oh, you've got to try the burgers. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't get anything else anyway, so, so you're going to have to try the burgers. But it's all about the Malaysian curry. I don't know how many times I have to tell you about this blooming Malaysian curry. Right. <laughs> this curry is actually really nice. I won't have any... They do more things than burgers. I am going to get... You know, next time we record anything, I'm going to bring a menu of what they offer, both lunch service and dining service, and prove to you all that it's not just burgers. Because, okay, yeah, they've got the Wicker Man stack, and they've got, like, I don't know, the, the, the Freak Show burger or their, or their seasonal burgers. Shout out Freak Show. Um, but they also have this Malaysian curry, which is really nice. <laughs> I love how, so the argument is, it's just burgers. But Sam's argument is, it's not just burgers. There's also one curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the argument. <laughs> it's a good curry too, as well. I always just get the curry. I don't know why. I always get it. I'm like, I'm I definitely, don't I'm definitely going to see if I can message ahead when we go, and when you order this curry, see if I can get it on a burger bun. <laughs> that would just be brilliant, wouldn't it? it then it'd, and it'd be like a sloppy Joe curry burger. Oh, yeah. that just sounds quite good. 
That does sound good, that, yeah. If um, if you want to hear uh, Sam's really dodgy impression of um, someone apparently from the north who he uh, badgered into buying the Malaysian curry, then uh, just listen to the episode that we released on the 8th of February 2021. Um, that'll be a, a very eye-opening episode for you. I actually I did badger her as well. I went across the table and I was like, you need to get the Malaysian curry. I'm not having anyone. People are like, oh, I think I'll have the burger today. Get me that wicker stack. Oh, go and shove it in my mouth. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Malaysian curry. Try that. Not the Caesar. Caesar. Never get a Caesar salad because it's always a bit hit and miss. You know, we all know they've got the four pots there and they just go bunk, 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 and then it's done. But the Malaysian curry, mm, bellissimo, bellissimo. It's all the okay. Time. Other than Malaysian curry, Sam, what are your final thoughts? Um, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are I can't wait to see uh, what Disney parks uh, and entertainment bring out. You know, whether it's the expansion at Disneyland, whether it's the things going over at Disney World um, and the new shows at Epcot, the new rides at Epcot and across the other parks. You know, we talked about Dinerland uh, quite recently as well. So it's, it's really exciting. And I love it that even though through these crazy difficult times that the world is going through, that seems to be affecting the entertainment industry perhaps more than others. Um, Disney is still finding ways to bring new magic to their parks and that is one thing that I really respect you know they haven't allowed this virus to really bring them to a grinding halt so hats off to them um I'm completely with Taylor they will always forever have my heart and my money uh and you know I I hope to you know continue with the company for uh for for the foreseeable future okay Brett so you know we we've spoke about going to Disneyland Paris on a, on a little trip, so I, I really can't wait to eventually get around to doing that. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, Disneyland Paris looks absolutely beautiful, like as itself, the whole park just looks amazing. So I think that's something I'm really excited about, you know. And hopefully, fingers crossed, either this year, or next year, it will be my first uh, Disney park. I'm excited to doing that and then eventually i'll just be catching taylor up and and you know i'll, I'll be one left we'll see who finishes first i have no doubt it'll be you <laughs> <laughs> so taylor um it's been amazing thank you so much for for joining us um hopefully um it hasn't been such a bad experience that you don't want to join us again in the future so we may well uh, come back calling if uh, if you're willing to come back again sometime yeah, of course. I, you know, have a very busy schedule, not <laughs> with the virus going on. So I'm always here. If you want some uh, American accents added into this podcast. We um, love yeah. American accents here. We do. We do. <laughs> Taylor, uh, remind everyone where they can uh, come and find you and listen to your American accent. <laughs> well, I am on Instagram at Tay Long Break. Uh, I don't talk too much on there, but if you want to just imagine my accent, you can DM me and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> right. Come on, Sam. Tell us where people can uh, DM you and chill. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So if you want to find me, you can find me at Coaster Sam blog on Instagram. I post opinion pieces, news and reviews happening in the industry and across the theme parks in the world. You can also find our IGTV on there where we have our very own theme park trivia game show i kid you not it's four enthusiasts 
filmed by enthusiasts, starring enthusiasts, all filmed in various theme parks. So come along to the channel, test out your knowledge. That's at Coaster Sam on Instagram, and we'll see you very soon. Right, last but not least, come on, Brett. I can 100% vouch for Sam's quiz show. It's one of the favorite, one of my favorite things to watch, um, especially in those incredible suits that you wear, Sam. Uh, but everyone can find me again on Instagram under Theme Parks by Brett, where I post all of my theme park related artwork um, and stuff like that. Really, so if you if you want to come and chill, then you know you know where to find me on Instagram. DM and chill. DM and chill. DM and chill. Awful. Man. Awful, awful, awful. I apologise profusely for that horrendous saying that seemingly now has become a part of... Oh, gosh. It's got to be on a T-shirt, right? We need don't to get these things on T-shirts. dare. Don't you dare. Absolutely well, I, not. I'm, I've already started designing oh, God. a, a uh, roller coaster restaurant with a burger on it. <laughs> so just the loop with a burger on it. So I'm. that's definitely going on a T-shirt. Um, I and, might get then, uh, the Rona Coast restaurant with the, the Malaysian flag incorporated into it as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just the curry. Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if there's one in the world that is just curries. Perhaps. I know there's a great Malaysian curry, but I won't tell you where you can get I ha- it. I have heard of it, I, I think. Yeah, watch, watch <laughs> this space uh, with those interesting uh, pieces of merch. Um, brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been fantastic as always. Make sure you click that subscribe or follow button and we'll see you again real soon.